My name is Maurice, I'm your host. Today we're going to talk about one of the most intricate details of your business, which is sales. As you know, sales can either make or break your business. So today we're going to talk about what challenges sales professionals face. And we're also going to talk about ways that sales professionals can improve upon them. In doing research on this topic, I ran into this book, Everyone Sells Something. In this book, I feel like it really addresses what those challenges are and also ways that we can improve upon them. Today, in order to really dig deep into this topic on sales, we have our, um, the author of the book with us today, Ms. Liz Wendling, and she's going to help us wrap our minds around this thing called sales. So let's welcome Liz to the stage. How are you doing, Liz? Nice to see you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. All right. So Liz, you've been a sales consultant for 20, 25 years? 25 years. years 25 yes. years. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So out of all the things you could have did in this world, you chose to be a sales Absolutely, consultant. Yes. <laughs> why, why sales consulting? Where did it all get started for you? Well, I kind of fell into it about 25 years ago. I took a part-time job in a health club in New York City okay. selling fitness memberships. I did it to get a free membership. <laughs> and one of the first things that they did to us was send us to sales training school, how to close a sale 127 different ways. Right. And we were learned back, taught back then that it was all about the sale, get the money, sign the contract, seal the deal. It wasn't about being personal and really getting people to sure. connect with you and open up with you. And even back then, it just didn't feel right to me and kind of bucked the system a little bit. And I tried things on my own okay. and did it my way. <laughs> and uh, fast forward a couple months later, I lost my job because of it. I was even mm. top salesperson three months in a row, but I lost my job because I wasn't doing what they taught me to do. Right. I was just doing what worked okay. and what would made people open up to me and say yes to me. Yes. And ever since then, I've been honing it and changing it and teaching it, coaching it. And 25 years later, awesome. fell into it. And here you are. Here I am. Here you are. Yep. Okay. So why this particular type of, uh, title? Everyone sells something. It's not what you sell. It's how you sell. Where did that, where did well, that inspire you? I feel like everybody is in sales. We're always selling ourselves first. Okay. That's the first thing people are going to buy anytime we're selling anything, sure. whether it's your product, services, ideas, talent, skills, or a passion. Right. People look to you first and right. they're looking about at how you're treating them, how you're with them, how you're being with them and treating them through the process. They're watching that more than they're watching what you're, watching selling. What you're selling. Yes. Yeah. So it's really how you're showing up and how you're being with people more than what you're selling because awesome. there's competition for everything. There's somebody else around the corner selling the same thing. That's very so true. So how you treat them is really what's going to make the difference. Okay. So before we dig into this book, what I want to do is go to our studio audience and have them ask some questions, and that way we can answer some questions throughout the show. Great. Fair enough? Yeah. All right. Um, sir, you want to ask a question? And please state your name, the name of your business, and what question we can answer for you, sir. All right. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for coming. Um, my name is Alex Bullock. I'm with Night Janitorial. Okay. My question for you guys is, with an ever-changing market on how to connect with your clients and customers, how do you find the right balance between social networking, marketing, and all aspects of business? That's a good question. Okay. And you, Matt? Your name and also your business and your question. Sure. Hi. My name is Shara Hubert. I'm with Plum Marketing. And my question for you is, do you feel it's necessary to have a sales process? And if so, why? Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Marcus Rice, and I'm with Legal Shield. Okay. And uh, I, I, my question for you is, how do you brand yourself? How, what makes you stand out from all your competition? Why, why would somebody want to come to you versus anybody else? Great. Great. Thanks. All right. 
And what we'll do is we'll answer all those questions throughout the show, but let's go ahead and really dig into this book. Let's do it. Okay. So just kind of starting out in the challenges aspect of everything, what gets in the way? And the way that you have it positioned is fear, stress, and anxiety, mm -hmm. okay? Lack of a sales mindset, and also beliefs, attitudes, and actions. Absolutely. Okay. So let's go ahead and start with fear. Okay. So and with fear, you said talking about themselves, selling price versus value, asking for the sale, and also rejection. Yes. Now, starting, starting with talking about themselves, why as a business owner would that ever be an issue? Well, when people think about talking about themselves, they think that they have to brag or talk themselves up about how great they are and all the things that they can do, <laughs> right. when in fact, that's not what a business owner wants to hear. They want to discover that for themselves. Okay. They want to be able to see how great you are through the way you're treating them and the way that you're talking to them, the questions that you're at there, that you're asking them. That's the only way they're going to be able to see your greatness. It okay. isn't about you talking about yourself. It's about getting the customer to talk about themselves and open them up. Gotcha. And then you can share what it is that you do after that. It's not about going in there and right away start talking about yourself and how great you are. So that talking about themselves, is that a level of nervousness? Is that that fear kicking in where they just over talk or don't talk enough? It's definitely fear. Fear will always get in the way of that yeah. because they don't have a structured process or a system in place like one of the questions that was asked. Sure. They don't understand that that's part of the process is how are you opening up the sale? How are you treating people in the beginning mm. of the process? Okay. What kind of questions are you going to ask them? How are you going to engage them right from the start? Sure. So it's part of that process. That's one step in the process that like closing is a step. Yeah. Opening is the same thing. Right. So a process is necessary in your business. And without the right opening, you never get to the closing. You never get to the closing. Right. Okay. So how about selling price versus value? Is that typically an issue when you have a higher priced item or is that all across the board? Oh, all across the board. It could be a $20 bottle of vitamins all the way to a $200,000 car. People that's buy, <laughs> that's a big car, but people don't buy based on price. They buy based on value. Okay. And if they see value in what they're buying, price doesn't, it's not an issue anymore. It doesn't right. become an issue. So when people sell just on price and they say, oh, well, I lost on price. You didn't really lose on price. You lost because you didn't show the value. So gotcha. one of the quotes I use a lot is show me the value. And if you can show somebody what's included in your products and, and services and the, all the bells and whistles that you have in your product, then they themselves can say, oh, okay, that's what's included. Or I see the gotcha. value in that. That makes sense why it's marked that price. Gotcha. And if they can't see that, then there's no way that they're going to buy that. Gotcha. They're going to just chalk it up to everyone sells the same thing and I'll just go with the cheapest price. So do you want to get in that position during the conversation of saying, do you see the value? Is that, should that be part of your conversation? Not, not even a question. It doesn't have to be a question. You show your value okay. in the way that you speak to somebody and the questions you ask and the way that you talk about your products and services. You weave value into that. Gotcha. Talk value, speak value, everything you talk about is value driven, is value, value driven. statements. You never have to ask someone, do you see my value? You, gotcha. They should yeah. already be seeing they it, and they should be nodding their heads saying, oh, I see, I yeah. get it. Yeah, I could see yeah. why that would be that. Yeah, okay. So Jerry Maguire, he says, show me the money. Mm -hmm. You say, show me the value. Show me the value. Show you the yep. value. <laughs> show you the value. All right. <laughs> so asking for the sale. Oh. Now, that one, that one has me a little stumped. Uh -huh. Reason being is because asking for the sale, if you think about at the beginning of the year, you're thinking about your revenue goals and how you're trying to you know, end the year, Asking for the sale is where that money happens, right? It's the only place it it's happens, the only place. right? <laughs> so why would that ever be an issue? Well, because when you ask for the sale, the risk of rejection comes up. Oh. 
But if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. And if you don't ask the right way, you don't get. Right. So it's, but I always tell people that closing is just a part of a great conversation. If you start the conversation out well and you're doing what you need to because you have a great sales process and great questions, you get people to see your value, the close is just a culmination of a great conversation where sure. you've showed your value and people can see that your expertise is what they want to hire. Gotcha. And closing the sale isn't some drum roll or the <laughs> lights don't flicker. It's just a part of the process. Okay. And I think people think they have to have a snappy closing line or a slick technique at the end. And it's the complete opposite. It's just a question. Yeah. Asking someone, and it's not saying, hey, I have a pen. Do you want to sign up? Right. It's saying, what are your thoughts about moving forward? What okay. do you think about what we talked about today? Does that fit what you're looking for? Right. That's all it is. It's another question. It's just framed in an, with an end in mind. Right. And so you should, business owners should feel comfortable about getting to this getting to this part of the conversation. Yeah, right? and that's yeah. really the best part. You're going to find out if you get a yes or a no. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. And we can't, everybody isn't going to be our clients. Right. So we have to ask in order to be able to weed those people out. Gotcha. And the idea of asking for the sale for some people really just sends them, their heart is racing and their knees are knocking because yeah. they think that here's the part where somebody's going to say no to me mm -hmm. or they don't ask and they say, well, if they want to do business with me, they'll ask me. And sometimes the client's waiting for you yeah, to ask that question. So if you don't ask, you kind of look foolish. You showed up and, okay, yeah. it's a great meeting. And then yeah, they walk away. It's a waste of time, right? It's a total waste of time. Even if it's a no, you want to know right then and there. Yeah, okay. So you said no quite a few times in that last statement. So rejection, mm -hmm. how does that affect... Well, we're all going to be rejected. That's sure. the thing. It's not, it's not personal. It doesn't just happen to one person or a certain segment of the population. We all hear no, yeah. but we can't let that little word destroy us. It's like taking off a Band-Aid, I say in my book, that <laughs> it stings for a second and that's it. And yeah. then you just move on. It's when the sting lasts for hours or days that's or it. weeks and it's just, it really just stops you from going out there in the world because you heard that no. Yeah. And people don't reject you personally, they're rejecting the offer. Gotcha. That's it, it's not a fit. Just like us, we don't buy everything we try on in the store or everything we slip on in a dressing room. We right. don't, if it's not the right fit, we don't buy it. I, I agree with that statement because one thing I do know is that we, as consumers, if you will, we don't have any challenges saying no when we don't want something. That's right. And hurting somebody else's feelings, mm -hmm. right? But when it comes to us, it's a whole different situation. That's right. Yeah. And I also think that salespeople have an obligation to tell other people the truth and say no to other people and not say, oh yeah, put a proposal together. I'll take a look at it when they have no interest in ever speaking to you again, right. but they don't have the strength in them to say no to someone. Gotcha. So I always challenge people, if you, if you want to take that no and be able to handle rejection, then you have to be able to tell people the truth. Because gotcha. it, it hurts sometimes yeah. to tell people you're not interested or that's not a good fit for you. But the more you do it and the more honest you are with someone else, that honesty comes back. Come it back. really does. Yeah. So I teach people just just be honest for 21 days. Tell people the truth. If it doesn't fit, you don't buy it. If it doesn't feel right, you move on. And see how good that feels because that's what's going to start coming back to you. Awesome. awesome. It's karma. It's business karma. Business that's karma. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So lack of sales mindset. Um, you have attitude towards selling, time management, and discipline. Mm -hmm. Okay. So attitude towards selling, is, is it the attitude that's created when they don't feel they feel like they need to be sleazy as a salesperson or they never came from that background of sales. Where does that attitude towards selling? How do you position that? Good way that? to frame it. That's, it's, it's one, it's two-sided. So okay. some people think that being good at selling means that you're manipulative and you, you can 
force people to do things that they don't really want to do, or you're really good at overcoming objections, or really good with slick one-liners and closing the sale, <laughs> yeah. or that suddenly you turn into someone that you're not sure. when you're selling. Okay. Where, and, and that's the mindset that they have, that selling is kind of bad and a little bit sleazy. When there's another whole side to selling, and being good at selling means you're able to quickly convey honesty, credibility, and trust right from the start. Sure. Or you're able to handle objections in a way that make, makes people feel comfortable. And you're able to confidently ask for the sale without your knees knocking and your heart pounding. You can stand in that power and ask for the sale. Ask for the sale. That's what being good at selling is about. Okay. So it's a choice. I tell people you can think it's sleazy and there's something wrong with it and you're going to be poor. Or you can think <laughs> that what you're doing is, is just serving someone and really helping somebody with a fit if it's right for your business. Sure. And there's two different mindsets. One drives you to the bank. The other one keeps you from seeing the inside of a bank. Agreed. So let's go to our studio audience and ask them about that. So how many people have had an interesting attitude when it came to selling? When you opened up your business, when it came to selling, did you have some discomfort about that, about selling? Had a couple? Yes. All right. Yes. And come on up here. Hi, my name is Anita Martin. I'm with A Cup of Creative. Um, I did have a major anxiety about asking for the sale. Um, so what you said uh, really, you know, I've overcome it to a certain extent, but that really cleared it up for me that it is just another question. And um, especially you putting it in the frame of we don't try, you know, we don't buy everything we try on. Right. So if um, that was just really helpful to put me in that frame of mind of they're just trying me on. That's and it. it's no big deal if we're not a fit. That's yeah. right. So thank you for that. Good. Nice. I'm glad that worked. Thank you, Anita. So time management. Yes. Okay. So that's another lack of sales mindset. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do you frame that? Well, I have a hard time with time management because we're <laughs> all given the same 24 hours a day. Sure. And it's how we are choosing to use those 24 hours a day. Okay. So it's about what's really important to you. It's creating a system and a process of, and doing the things that are money generating activities, necessary activities in your business, and the stuff that maybe could be done at a later date. Sure. And I see people doing the things in their business that don't necessarily generate business. And they're busy, but they're not produ producing anything. They're busy getting their website up, and which is important. They're busy right. doing other things, and it looks like they're, ma they're making progress when, in fact, they're running their business with their foot on the brake. So they're trying to kind of deflect Absolutely. what they should be doing, yep. which is sales activity. Yes, and okay. marketing and going out there and talking about themselves and yeah. inviting people into their business and having conversations with people. Sure. So they wind up, oh, I'm, too, I'm way too busy to, to follow up or I'm way too busy to do uh, networking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're too busy because you're doing other things that really don't matter. And it's a great way to keep yourself stuck in business and stay inside your comfort zone. Yeah. And you can't make money in your comfort zone. So time management, does that seem to be kind of a hard thing for everybody to just kind of manage, if you will? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what about discipline? How do you framework that as far as like a sales mindset? I love discipline. I'm a big fan <laughs> of discipline. He's a discipline junkie. Everybody. I am a discipline junkie. Well, I've, I went on a discipline diet when I started my business, and I watched myself get things done. Okay. And I would set a timer, and I wouldn't do anything other than the project that I was working on. If I needed to write a new sales page or an article, I would set a timer. I'd ask myself, how long do I think it might take me to do it? Sure. And I wouldn't do anything else in that time frame but that activity. 
And I was amazed at what I was able to get done by staying focused and being disciplined and saying, no, this is important to me. I need to finish this yeah. versus starting it and then being pulled away gotcha. and then trying to get my mindset back on that and then being pulled away. And that 20 minute activity took me all day to complete. Day. Yeah. And so without really being able to say, this is something that's important to me, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to bed tonight until I finish it. Gotcha. Or this, this task is important for me to finish and I'm gonna get it done in a certain time frame, and, and putting, your, putting uh, demands on yourself okay. and, and sticking to them. Sure. So let's go to our studio audience and see what disciplines have helped you um, progress in business. So anybody wanna share their thoughts? Hi guys, my name is Corey Fronick. I'm an independent consultant and um, just wanna ask you guys a, que a question kind of relative to the um, kind of the calendar white space you guys were just talking about. But uh, when it comes to, to a lot of new salespeople, they have a hard time with pounding the phone. Sure. And uh, how, do you, how do you get through that, you know, 100 phone calls in a day? And I hear a lot of people say that it's possible to do it in 90 minutes, but, you know, this kind of correlates with what you guys were just saying. How do you get through those calls? How, how do you convince yourself with that mindset? That mindset? Well, that's an excellent question because I've, I hear that so much mm. that salespeople have, you have to make 100 calls a day. Yeah. So when you have a number in mind and you say it's got to be 100, right. then a lot of the time you're just going through the motions. You're not really putting the right energy and the right effort. I'd rather see somebody make 20 fabulous calls where they connect with someone right. and they pique someone's interest right. and, they, and they actually have longer phone calls than just, nah, let me bang these out in 90 minutes or less. Sure then that doesn't really produce the hardcore results. So right. when someone is given that task, I find that that can be very challenging for them challenging. because all it is is just a numbers game. Right. And if sales isn't a numbers game, it's a game of quality. Yeah. I don't want to talk to 100 people. I'd rather talk to 20 people who want what I have. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So if somebody has to do that, then they have to change their mindset. Every time they dial that phone, they have to say, I'm going to make this the best phone call that I can. I'm going to put my all into this, even if it only lasts 10 seconds. Yeah. I'm giving it my all and then go to the next call. Okay, nice but call. if it's just robotic and through the motions, well, it translates time. over the phone lines. Yeah. It does. The other person can feel that, that yeah, I'm just true. a number. I'm just, you didn't say, they pick up the phone and they just say the same thing a hundred different times and there's nothing in there that makes them want to pay, call that person call back. That person back. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good question. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and go to beliefs, actions, and attitudes because I'm sure that's huge. So are they driving your results or driving your clients to your competition? Now that's a bold statement. Yes. Expand on that. Well, I think we all have beliefs. Sure. Every one of us has a belief about our business and what we do and how we're going to sell and how we're going to network. And the belief actually drives actions, which turns into an attitude. An attitude so for yeah. example, if you have someone who has a belief that I'm a new salesperson, I'm not really good at it, who's going to buy from me? Sure. Versus the person that says, I have a new business, I have a new product, and I'm going to get out there and I can't wait to talk to people. Two different belief systems. Right. One is they're going to drive two, for two different types of actions. The other person is going to say, why bother? Right. Nobody's really going to buy from me, which turns into a bad attitude versus the other person who right. says, wow, these actions, these are really working. I went to two networking events and I'm meeting people. That drives the attitude of, see, this isn't so bad. I, I think Absolutely. I can do this. Right. So it's always going to be a choice. So I tell people you're either driving your results or you might as well put your competition, I mean, take your client to your competition, just drive them right there because they're not going to buy from you anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's all about what's going on up here that drives the rest of your business. Gotcha. So is it natural for 
I guess, people, maybe friends and family to kind of dig into your beliefs. So you're starting your sales journey, if you will. Somebody comes to you with a comment and says, why, why would you be doing that? Mm -hmm. You know, that's not, that's not smart. You right. should go do this or uh -huh. do that. Does that really mess with the business owner's psyche? It really does, but sure. it's up to that person to just thank somebody for sharing sure. their stupid comment and just move on. <laughs> and I, I happen to have a dad who did that to me. He's mm. like, can't you just get a real job? Can't you just go to put your resume together? Just get a job versus starting a business. So I had it in my own family basically telling me, we don't really have faith in you. We don't really think it can do this. Yeah, and exactly I just said to myself, consider the source. It's your dad. Your dad <laughs> had the mindset of get a business, get a pension. I mean, uh, get a job, get a pension. And that was his mindset. It wasn't mine. Yeah. And I didn't have to go through my life believing what he believed. And I challenged it and just said, thank you. I appreciate it. But I'm not listening to you sure. for the millionth time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Why start now? <laughs> So let's go to our studio audience. What beliefs and actions and attitudes have you guys had to kind of endure with in order to run your business? I want to hear from you guys. Oh, we can answer one of the questions. I or, yeah, too. we can answer one yeah. of the questions too. One of the questions was about how to balance networking and marketing and social media, I believe the way it was positioned, and how to, how to really balance that and stay sure. in contact with your clients. And obviously, depending on the business, it really, really matters, but now technology has changed the face of, of business. It has yeah, changed it sure has. radically. Yeah. So now people are emailing and texting and they're hardly ever picking up the phone anymore. Yeah. And I have a prediction in the next couple of years, the phone is coming back. It's slowly <laughs> making its way back because so many people aren't picking up the right. phone. So when the phone does ring and there's a person on the other end that says, hey, you know, I know we're scheduled to meet next week. Instead of me sending you an email, I pick up the phone. Say, I'm looking forward to meeting you. Before sure. we meet next Tuesday, was there anything in particular you want me to me to bring and I, I do the personal touch we're missing that personal touch yeah. people don't want transactions anymore they're done with that everything is buy in one click and it's a transaction sure. and it's over and we're missing the human to human connection which is absolutely always going to stay when it comes to business yeah. Yeah. that's not going anywhere but it it has gone somewhere it's just finding its way back finding its way back mm -hmm. okay how many people are having a hard time getting people to pick up the phone when they when they call? Yeah. Yeah. About quite a few people. Yeah. You make you make phone calls and then people never call you back. Yeah. yeah. And and a lot of times that is because of the expectations when you're setting up that call back with your client. For example, if mm -hmm. I said to you, Maurice, all right, so let's stay in touch next week, and I don't set something clear and distinct yeah, right. with you at that time. When do you when do you want to talk? Do you want me to call you? Or are you going to call me? How are we going to continue our conversation? Right. We set something up face to face, eye to eye, make a commitment to each other, and then you get to use that when you call them up. Hey, you said it'd be okay if I gave you a call today, yeah. and then you look like you're honoring their word, and they have to honor their word. Gotcha. Not does it work all the time? No, you're going to get people who just won't pick up the phone. Gotcha. They are more than happy to just blow off a salesperson. They gotcha. really are, but that's them. It's not about us, it's about them. That's right. So let's go into seven rituals of world-class people. So your seven rituals that you have set up is invest in yourself, work at work, make everything count, sell outside your comfort zone, be highly productive, have a flexible personality, and also be a master qualifier. Mm -hmm. Out of those seven, which two do you pride yourself on? Personally, I work at work. When okay. I'm at work, I work. I'm, I'm not going to lie and say I'm working nine hours a day. 
I take breaks in between my day, but sure. I'm work. I'm, when I'm at work, I am working, and I know when I need a break, I might take the dog outside, or I might go to a networking event. But I'm working. I feel sure. productive. I'm not just doing busy work. I'm doing real work, work that is tangible. I could see it at the end of the day yes. and say, "Oh my gosh, I, I accomplished <laughs> a lot today." And I, I need to feel that when I lay my head down at night. I need to know that I accomplished, that something. accomplished something. And I got some things off of my list that I wanted to accomplish. Sure. And the other that some had shared with me 10 years ago okay. was invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. When, so you need, when you need the help, get the help. Don't sure. think, oh, I can't afford, I can't afford a new website or I can't afford a sales coach. You can't afford not to because you're losing money. You're either losing money and lost revenue or you're spent you're investing and spending money on something that you need for it to help your business. Yeah. So I, for one, believe in that whenever I need someone, I go out and I look for it and I pay, I pay them because that means I'm that much more committed to my success. Gotcha. When I write a check to someone that's going to help me with a new website or a new project, I'm, that means I'm committed versus, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I can't afford that. Gotcha. You know, in some yeah. cases, yeah, some people can afford it, but the people who have it and, and think that it's a cost in their business versus an investment, sure. those are the people that really struggle with, how, how bad do I really want it? Right. Yeah. Okay. So we have some uh, questions that we posed on Instagram and also Facebook, and we're gonna oh, have good. our social media advisor come up and let us know. So we posted to Facebook, what is the part of selling that you are least confident in? And our responses were asking for the referral and following up. We asked a question to Instagram, what is one fear you have around selling? We heard hearing no and underbidding. Mm. Okay, so we addressed the no, right, and that it's not you personally; it's just your offer, right. And underbidding—that's that's a a big long discussion. I would sure. definitely have to dive a little deeper into that one. But if you're not getting some kind of commitment as far as budget, then there's an issue gotcha. with that. Yeah. But the other one was about what was the first one about? What it was it? Uh, Mar Marcus's question? No, the, what or was the social media the one? Social Oh, the f following up. Let's let's talk about that up. F word. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's the F word. <laughs> yeah. Well, I teach my clients not to use the F word. None of my clients use the F word. Sure. Plus, they don't use the checking in, touching base, reaching out, reaching okay. around, following up. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Following up is so overused. And what it mm, means to okay. a client, it doesn't matter. The word is innocent. But what it means to another person is you're just all you want is a sale. Hey, I'm just calling to follow up. I sent you a proposal. I haven't heard from you. That means this person wants to move the sale yes. forward. Yes. And okay. reaching out. I'm just reaching out. If you're just reaching out and have no reason to reach out, then even if it's just, hey, I'm reaching out to see if you got my email to buy my product, it's all it is is you're not moving the sale forward one <laughs> right, bit right. by doing that. Right. Because you didn't have a strong upfront contract to move that sale move forward. Sale, yeah. So when you just call and say, hey, I'm just calling to follow up, what somebody hears on the other end is, you just want the sale. So it's kind of like that time management thing, and also it sounds greedy as a salesperson. It does, right? yeah. yeah. Okay. And because of what it means, for years it meant, I want the sale. Sure. So now we're bringing that old language into today's new customers. They've heard it all. They know what it means. Yeah. So when we say the F word or reaching out, touching base, they know what it means, and it really it puts a, the, the brakes on in our business. Sure. And that means we have to call back again and follow up again. And seven <laughs> follow-ups later, 
it's not working. Right. It's not working. Gotcha. So I have a whole structure around that that I teach people how to. I use the word follow-up, but I don't let them use it in their dialogue to their clients. We talk okay. about it as the act of following up, right. but not using the F not word. Not using the F word. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if there's one impactful thing that you can give to our studio audience today to leave with, what would that be? And just real straight to the point. I'm going to go with intention. Intention, okay. I read a book 12, 15 years ago called The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. Okay. And everything I do, there's an intention behind it, sure. a good intention behind it. There's a reason why I'm doing it. I'm not just going through the motions because everyone else is doing it. Or, oh, I heard that you should do this in your business. I want to do it. It has to feel right to me, and it has to be an intention that's aligned with my goals, my beliefs, my values. That's my intention. Sure. And if it starts toggling that line, it's not right for my not business. Right. So it's about asking myself, what is my true intention here? Gotcha. Am I doing it to look good, or is it really right for my business? Gotcha. All right. Well, I want to thank you for that, and thank you for being on the show. We are going to uh, wrap up today's executive talk show. I would like for everybody to pick one discipline that you would like to follow through with, put it on our Facebook page, and we'll follow, you, follow up with you in the next 90 days and figure out how that's going for you. Other than that, thank you for joining Executive Talk. All love. Thank you. Thank you.